0: Numbers told the story they always do. So it's one those idiots who believe in analytics. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on v
1: Good Thursday morning to it you. It's a numbers game at Visa, the sports betting network, v the Visa app, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV. All proudly brought to you by BetMGM Nevada, also BetMGM in general. It's Gil Alexander. It's Kelly Bidlin. Good morning to you, sir. How you doing, man? Doing well, man. How are you? I'm good. I, I do want to start the show with a complaint. May I register a complaint? Go ahead. Do I file it to you? Is that how this file works? File
2: it. Send it over this way. Uh, Actually it, put it in writing and then walk it over here.
1: Yeah, I'll do the writing thing. <laughs> uh, it, it's Is it Rodeo Week? Is that what we're calling this? There's many National Rodeo.
2: National Finals Rodeo, yep.
1: National Finals Rodeo Week, to be uh, clear. Um, and everybody says, um, you know, everybody here is such lovely people, and I'm sure they are wonderful. I haven't had many an interaction with the, uh, the folks who are here for Rodeo Week. Uh, they seem like lovely people, but I'll tell you one thing they're not really concerned about. Uh, getting their monster trucks within the white lines of the parking lot <laughs> here at this—it's a free
2: for all out there. They Gilly.
1: really don't appear to prioritize <laughs> hey, man, that. You got,
2: when you got four wheels on the back, okay, you got to make that work somehow.
1: Yes, but diagonal is not really a strategy.
2: No, you know, it's not just, really. <laughs> just.
1: Can I? Have that? No, I can't? Okay.
2: I, I I might have noticed that a little bit the other yeah. day as well, yes.
1: <laughs> just doesn't appear to be a priority. Uh, we got a show today with Bill Krakenberger, unscripted, coming up. Adam Kramer joins us. Hey, you were able to get in touch with Adam Kramer. Adam He'll-
2: Kramer, on the show.
1: Talk some college football with Adam Kramer, who's going to parse out his bowl analysis from week to week as the bulls come at us, but he will have some army Navy thoughts. He will have some general bull thoughts and certainly some playoff thoughts as well. I'll talk to him about the uh, transfer portal. If he thinks the Heisman race is over, which I'm guessing he does, which is sad for some of us. we will do all that. Kelly and I will uh, talk survivor. We, we touched on it briefly yesterday, but we'll do a full analysis on the remaining 70 entries in circus survivor, 6,133 down to 70. And what a, what a trajectory that contest has uh, taken in terms of the turn. Um, we'll get into all that coming up as well. Our NFL bets that we've already made, a whole bunch on the show. Um, tonight, of course, Thursday night football. It's the Raiders and the Rams. Barn burner. Um, implications for the Raiders for sure, though. They're yeah. five and seven, they're two games out, they're two games behind the Jets, who currently inhabit the number seven and final. Playoff position in the AFC, Jets are 7-5, and five. Raiders are 5-7. and seven. Raiders on a three-game win streak. Now, here's the thing. If you walk around town, Kelly, which I do, I just walk around.
2: <laughs> well, you, you got to get the pulse of the people, right?
1: I, get, I, get, I want to get the buzz on the streets.
2: He goes to his secret sushi location. That's gets right. the buzz on the Raiders there.
1: What I actually do is I stop and I place my ear on the pavement. <laughs> See what the streets are buzzing about. And they're all about the Raiders making the postseason, which I'm sort of like, hold up on. Because if you, if you do the autopsy on this three-game winning streak, let's remember, shall we, that three-game winning streak, uh, the first one of which was against the Broncos, or as I like to call it, the Nathaniel Hackett game, though I think there's plenty of Nathaniel Hackett games at this point. Yeah. But this was the one where, if you remember, the Broncos were up by three late in the first half. They had a, a second and two at the uh, at the Raiders' four-yard line in the closing moments of the closing minute, 41 seconds left in the second quarter. And they couldn't get it in. That was a Melvin Gordon fumble. Remember that was the fumble that, that sort of got him cut, even yeah. though the Broncos recovered it. Then they had a 25 yard field goal blocked at the end of the half. And then more famously, perhaps at the end of that game, when the Broncos were up, Three, the Raiders had no timeouts with two minutes left. And instead of running the ball and taking 40 seconds off the clock, the Broncos passed it. It was incomplete. And they gave the Raiders life. And the Raiders eventually went in overtime. That was the first three game winning streak.
2: It was also a week after they lost to the Colts at home.
1: So let's keep that in mind. (laughs) Remember when they were (laughs) lollygagging trying to catch Matt Ryan? That was only a month ago. Trying to catch Matt Ryan. Then, after the Broncos game, was the Seattle win which might be the tour de force of things that we overcame to win a football game off the, off the top of the dome, the premature whistle on Josh Jacobs fumble when the Seahawks were up seven Um, late in the game, the Raiders used that premature whistle to score a touchdown and tie it up at 34 to 34. Then if you remember the Seahawks were stopped and there was a muffed punt by Keelan Cole. He tried to catch it. Willie Mays style. And the Raiders fumble lucked their way into recovering that. And then, of course, there was also uh, the Raiders' decision to have a 55-yard field goal attempt in overtime that, of course, Daniel Carlson missed, not because he's bad, just because, of course, making a decision to kick a 55-yard field goal is just a poor one. Yeah. And somehow the defense bailed out the Raiders there as well. And then this past week was a legit win. But remember, the line went all the way towards the Raiders. Why? Because the Chargers had three offensive linemen out. Um Mike Williams was also ruled out. So it's been a nice little royal flush of good fortune. Now, are the Rams the team to exploit that? Probably not. Raiders are six and a half point favorites. And with the Rams tonight, uh, Baker Mayfield expected to be active. And there's a real chance, according to Tom Pellicero, that he plays. This will come down to John Wolford's
2: neck injury, how he feels. That's what I was just checking on Wolford. (laughs) So he he is heading into the end of the day, questionable, uh, dealing with that next soreness, but you know, able to play through that some of that some of that last week. Uh it, so it looks like it's gonna be Wolford and then Bryce Perkins to back him up, but we've been hearing reports that that might not be the case the, the past couple days. The Bryce Perkins thing is interesting because no one mentions him in this Nobody mentions him. Yeah.
1: They're like, Well, if Wolford can't go, Baker Mayfield could play. I mean, wasn't there another guy playing here
2: last week? That's not get. Like, have they given up on him already? I don't know. I, I don't know how you could Do we honestly think Baker Mayfield off of a plane two days ago can play better than Bryce Perkins in this game?
1: I mean, the one thing I will say, I called this thing on Matthew
2: Stafford almost two months ago.
1: Like, is is the injuries piled up, or is the digs maybe it wasn't two months, maybe it was six weeks ago. But I was like, I know Kelly Stafford's in his ear. I don't think he's ever playing again, nor should he, by the way, if the injuries are mounting up. He's done everything. Title, money stats that could get him in the Hall of Fame.
2: No no reason. Yeah, there's no reason to do
1: it. And then on Monday, when the Baker Mayfield news came down that he was being cut by the Panthers while we were doing guessing lines, I was taking like 20 tweets incoming. Oh, he's going to the Niners. I was like, no, he's not. I didn't know that he was going to the Rams, but you know what? It's a pretty great place for him to end up. He may very well start next year to start the season. Anyway, we'll see if he plays tonight. Is do you have a pre-flop play on this at all?
2: No, I got nothing. Just other injury updates. I mean, in case you forgot, no Aaron Donald, he'll still be out for yep. the Rams. Cooper Cup, obviously, still out for the Rams. Allen Robinson, it's just it, it's hard to it's hard to make a case for the Rams right now, right? I, I, I mean, just out of simple, we've been talking about this a lot the past couple of days. We talk about motivation factors and stuff like that in college football bowl games. I, I mean does it does it doesn't it feel like there is no team in the NFL with less motivation right now than the la Rams no. like, I, what are they playing for they kind of got all their stars on the shelf sold it Season's out
1: kind of over sold out for the Super Bowl this is what you get
2: this is what you get yeah and you know is it worth it you want a Super Bowl i I don't know that's that's you always make the case that you sell everything to win a Super Bowl you did um, so yeah, I got, I've got nothing here, Gil. It would be, I mean, it would be Raiders or pass for me, but so I think it's going to be past pre pregame. Maybe I'll look hop in live on the Raiders, yeah. but even that, even if I do that, it's going to be small,
1: maybe something live. I'm not going nuts about it. And I, I guess my point in all this is a cautionary tale for those who are like racing to bet the Raiders to make the postseason Cause a lot of this has been smoke and mirrors. By the way, Josh Jacobs will play for the Raiders tonight or is expected to play with that quad. Uh, both a quad and calf injury, according to Tom Pellicero. Josh Jacobs, remember, getting back to the Raiders, like, just winning in spite of themselves thing. They were going to cut him in the offseason, man. Yep. And he is their bell cow.
2: Well, I thing is, both of these teams, right? Cam Akers yeah. on, the, on the Rams side. Uh, Akers was ready to go at one point. Josh Jacobs on the Raiders side. And, and look, hey, I'm going to make it our pro tip again. for like Once again, this is another Thursday night game, right? Where right. If was this a game you would actually bet if it was on the regular slate of Sunday NFL football?
1: That's right. And is this a game that you finally figured out how to rewind on? That's Those are the two <laughs> questions. By the way, Josh McDaniel's 10 and 24 lifetime as a head coach. Remember, me, pardon me, 16 and 24 lifetime as a head coach. Remember, he started 6 and 0 as the Broncos head coach back in 2009, and then they sort of caught him doing the uh, Belichick taping the opposing team's uh, practices thing. Oh, no wonder you're so good at this. So
2: Yeah, it helps a bit when you get tape on practice.
1: Uh, Other news, Russia has freed WNBA star Brittany Griner. In case you missed it this morning, this is the big international news.
2: Yeah, huge news.
1: Dramatic high-level prisoner exchange with American officials confirming to ESPN's TJ Quinn that the U.S. is releasing notorious Russian arms dealer Victor Boot. Is that how you pronounce it? Boot?
2: Bout? Yeah, I believe so. He's bad
1: is what he is. Bad dude. Arms dealer. I was reading all about this. By the way, congratulations to Brittany Griner. She's been in prison for almost 10 months. Imagine going from the
2: pandemic straight to an extended Russian stay. You brought that up before the show. Her life. Yeah, for three years. And look, there's a lot that can be said about this. It's not really the purpose of what we do here, but it's an American citizen that was imprisoned in another country for reasons that we believe to be pretty false here. So it's great to have her back. Happy for the family. Um, and look, we were talking about before the show, I think Paul Whalen is the guy we heard a lot about through this process. His brother writing the, uh, the letter today I thought was one of the classiest acts, acts I've ever seen Sure was um, on this planet with his family still worried about his status in Russia. So um, great to have Brittany Griner home, though, and I think that's the biggest takeaway from this morning.
1: The one detail I, I did not see coming was I was reading about this this morning. They said Victor, Victor Boat, however you pronounce it was the inspiration for the 2005 Nicolas Cage thriller, oh, yeah. Lord of War.
2: Yeah, did you ever see that movie?
1: No. It's a wild movie, yes. That's about him. It's a wild dude, yeah. Having Nick Cage play him sort of minimizes the uh, the uh fear of this guy, but yes.
2: Is it Nick Cage and Jared Leto, I believe in that Wow. Movie. Jared good, Leto is brother.
1: Good knowledge on Lord of War. It's a good uh, movie. Baseball, the signings. Well, they'll, they'll finally dwindle down now, I would imagine. But Xander Bogarts, in case you missed it yesterday, the Padres agreeing to an 11-year, $280 million deal with Bogarts. Uh, Sources confirming to Jeff Passan. Bogarts, you recall, will won a pair of World Series with the Red Sox. Made four all-star teams, including in 2022, when he hit at a slash line. I should say, 307, 377, 456, with 15 dingers, 73 RBI in 150 games. More of a, I mean... Big loss for the Red Sox. Surprise? About the size of the money I am. Okay. Like, I mean, Bogarts is great, but, like, did the Padres just decide, well, we didn't get anybody else, here you go. Because he's, he's 30. 11 You know, years. we said that about Judge. He's 32, Bogarts. Like, this is – and these baseball teams complain about being bankrupt, you know, or being destitute, anyway. Survivor Talk on the other side. Numbers Game Visa, the Sports Betting Network.
2: The numbers game on VSET, the
0: Sports
1: Betting Network. It's time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM with all your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Just download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued ID to open an account. And start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada, whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. And if you have a gambling problem, as always, call 1-800-522-4700. We get tweets at meeting the book. Always appreciate the uh, feedback. Just wanted to read this one from, uh, this is from Andrew, who goes by, damn damn it, Andrew, he says. That's what he goes by. Uh, He was saying, he goes, uh, Gil, uh, thinking about your Braves futures and how you kept seeing the number and knowing it wasn't right, I'm thinking that with Tariq Woolen. And the defensive rookie of the year, plus 470 to plus 500. And he's leading the league in interceptions, betting on people's vote, though. And I did say to him, and he goes through the reasons why. And we talked about this, uh, Kelly and I, the other day. Yeah, I sh- should Ahmad Gardner be the favorite? Yes. Probably not by as much as he is. And it's a pretty interesting debate. Um, Andrew goes on to say, same amount of pass breakups as sauce, more picks. And for what it's worth, Tariq has a blocked field goal that resulted in Seattle's only uh, touchdown against San Francisco. Um Something to look into, he says, for himself. I I totally get it. He's 100% right on everything. If you believe in it that much, have at it. But, yes, you pointed out the big difference. It's a vote. Yep. It's not something settled on the field. And so because of that, that's a major, major fly in the ointment
2: on this. Well, I think if it's – I I mean, because it's a vote – I guess this is an interesting question. If because it's a vote amongst a bunch of media members, do you think that benefits Sauce or yes. Tariq
1: Woolen? Sauce, because I think there is an East Coast bias on this kind of thing. I really do. Like you would think, it's the National Football League. Everybody sees every game. It's 2022. Why would there be an East Coast bias? Yet I think there is because one guy plays for the Jets and the other, again, on the corner of the Earth.
2: Yeah, I really, do, I really don't know how this is going to go down, and I would not be shocked if Woolen won it somehow because the counting stats are there because I think that can be easy I think that can be something easy for voters to look at and grab their attention yeah. and oh, they submit it it's possible it, it's possible it's but absolutely you, possible you did a great job it was like a week ago or two yeah. weeks ago breaking down the, the you know the the man coverage grades and the, and the press coverage grades and what Pro fo- Football Focus has him graded at at Sauce Gardner I'm talking about and I think one thing to keep in mind he I think he's their number one graded rookie period in this class, and he's one of their highest graded cornerbacks in in, in the entire league. Sauce, sauce. I'm talking yeah. about. So it, it is a lot. I think we're going to continue to get a lot of questions on this. And I, and look, we don't have the answer one way or the other. And you, you, and I, do you have a bet in on uh, Sauce? I do not. So neither of you have yeah. bets in on this market. But I just want to caution. I think Tariq Woolen is the one that everybody wants to jump to. And you see those numbers, and you see the odds on him, and you're like, why, why wouldn't I bet on it? Well, it's, it's it's a lot of the analytical stuff that you're not going to find on ESPN.com, and you're not going to find the stat sheets there that it's not as readily accessible to you that a lot of people are looking at, and that's why sauce is such a favorite, every favorite.
1: And so it comes down to how vigilant are the human beings voting on this? do they care enough about their vote to actually explore every angle of it? Or are they just going to look up ESPN.com and say, oh, he's got more picks.
2: Exactly. And that's why I asked the question of like, does it benefit the voters? You know, who who benefits from it being a voted on award? That's why I I think there's some voters that will do that with Woolen.
1: Yeah. I, I tend to think that I don't think my, my instinct is to not think highly of voters. I don't think they probably look at things as closely as you and I might, or folks on a gambling network do. Um, so I think it's more of an East Coast bias thing. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, that's the point, though. It's that it's a vote. So you don't know, right? Yeah, it's not going to be settled on the field itself with numbers. By okay. the way, uh, before we get into the survivor thing, Alabama associate uh, defensive coordinator, you see this in safety's coach, Charles Kelly, joining Deion Sanders at Colorado as the Buffalo uh, as the Buffalo's defensive coordinator. That according to ESPN. Did you see the video of Dion talking to the to the current Buffaloes?
2: No, I didn't. You, meant, you mentioned that you, we were texting about that earlier today.
1: I actually did not see it. No. It is so unbefitting of a leader of forget men, kids. He's basically like y'all get in the transfer portal because just because he's cause, bringing other people in. Because I'm bringing, he said I'm bringing baggage, and I believe he said it's Louis Vuitton because you know how Prime talks. And and then he he actually made them chant adjectives of the players coming in. Cause those guys, cause cause we're going to be t- like, he just made it. Basically he made the current Buffalo's like tough, whatever the words were that he came up with after just telling me yeah, that these are the guys coming in. This is the character that
2: bring it. It was the most awkward thing in the world. Cringy. Yeah. I thought yeah, so. that's anyway. a little awkward. I thought so. The, uh I look, I think overall, yeah, sure. I I think for some of those kids, are they going to, are they going to have their jobs replaced? Yeah, sure. Are. Um, I think it's great for Colorado, though, overall. It's a program that has fallen by the wayside that I think there is. I think it's still a, uh, look, I think it's a college town that's still a cool college town that people haven't thought about in about 20-something years. I think he can restore that a bit. I think he could restore the program a bit.
1: He's gone within two years. You think he's gone within two years? No question. For
2: good reasons? Well, listen, for a
1: better job. Okay, he's like, so then he does good at Colorado. Listen, I don't, I don't begrudge Deion Sanders for going for better jobs. Everybody does, right? But he comes into stuff. Like he said God brought him to Jackson State. Well, I mean, if God did that, if that's what you're talking about, maybe you ought to handle things a little differently. Maybe you shouldn't say that in advance.
2: Yeah, I, know. I don't, that's I don't, what, I don't that's disagree,
1: but, but he's also going to leave that program in a better state than when he arrived. He is, and he has every right to go do what he wants. I'm just saying stop with the schmack talk beforehand about, like, oh, this is a crusade and all this. No, you're just a dude looking for better jobs like everybody else. Right, yeah. Yeah, I get it. on that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right, let's talk about Survivor. Circus Survivor. Now, hopefully this uh, acts as a good proxy conversation if you're still alive and Survivor in Survivor and your neck of the woods of this country. Um Circus Survivor, which started with 6,133 entries at $1,000 a pop. And once again, shout out to Derek Stevens, to Mike Palm, to Matt Metcalf, to uh, internet strongman Jeffrey Benson. Uh, All these folks, you didn't get that internet strongman Jeffrey Benson. Uh, who uh, who's the sweetest guy in the world, by the really, way, like yes. Jeff Benson. But uh, when he gets on Twitter, he's like Charles Oakley out there. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think congrats. I would be in
2: Circle Millions if it wasn't for <laughs> Jeff Benson. He's the greatest guy in the world. Me, me and Matt Brown had our Ferris Bueller be, beat the yeah. deadline run to Circa. <laughs> and I'm so like, great. Jeff, I see Jeff by the Help me, Jeff. We need help.
1: Jeff is the coolest guy in the world. He's just very uh, angry on Twitter. Um, so – This has been the thing with this. So remember, circa millions, excuse me, circa survivor, the quirk is that there's a Thanksgiving quote unquote week, those three games. And then there's the Christmas week coming up. So this really, instead of being 18 weeks, remember 17 plus the bye, it's 20. You got to get through 20 here if you want to go coast to coast. Weeks. So we've gone through 14 quote unquote weeks then, Kelly. Weeks one through seven. 6,008 of the 6,133 entries were bounced. That's yeah. the first half of the season so uh, that we've played so far. 6,008 out of 6,133 gone. You know how many have gone in the last seven quote-unquote weeks? How many? <laughs> I'm glad you asked. <laughs> A grand total of 55 since then. That's it. That is is wild. It's incredible. So look at that. 125 after seven weeks. We're showing it on the screen here, which was 2.04% of the total pool. Since then, it went from 125 to 123 to 115. I believe that was the Bob DeLuca week. 115 to 86. That was the big drop since then. 86 to 74. 74 to 71. 71 to 71. Remember, nobody bounced on Thanksgiving. 71 to 70. So we got 70 entries that are still hanging tough, as I believe the new kids on the block once said.
2: <laughs> so, wait, it, man, in the past four weeks, you've had—sorry, oh, those air quotes—graphics up, air quotes. Up, yeah. air quotes. Four a, weeks. Yeah. We've had only four people eliminated. That is—that
1: is well, three weeks. Yeah, yeah, four weeks. That's right. Four weeks. Or is that three? Three. Whatever it is, yes, that's the case. Survivor Weeks. $87,614.29 is the intrinsic value of each remaining entry. And so now, breaking it down some, the biggest favorites of this week, which is, you know, week, which is the 15th week of the 20, you have, well, let's go to the other graphic first, guys, just to do this in order. So you have six big favorites out there this week in the National Football League. Remember, six teams are on buys, so there's fewer games. This is the last week of buys. The six biggest favorites are the Raiders tonight. Buffalo, nine-point favorites against the Jets on Sunday. Cincinnati, six-point favorites against Cleveland. Dallas is the big one, right? 17-point favorites at home against Houston. Philly's a touchdown favorite at the Giants, and KC is a nine-and-a-half-point favorite at Denver. But look at that in parentheses, Kelly. That's who has those teams available. So it's only 15 Raiders... Eight Bills, 11 Bengals, nine Cowboys, two Eagles, and seven Chiefs. If you're one of the nine who have the Cowboys left, you probably use them here, right? You got yes. to. But if you didn't have that, what would you use?
2: Oh, man. I really like Cincinnati this week, but I do. I think you use the Raiders.
1: Let's go to the other uh, sheet here real quick just to uh, just to make this thorough. So, of the nine... We actually list the uh, the entries that we hit, that we have. Congratulations to, uh, I should say, in advance for having this available. Parlay G3, Bow to the Meow, Brian Truth, Chip Chair, Pocket. Pocket 4s, Salty K, Seahawks 22, Sin City Sarah, Vocan. Six still have the Rams and Bengals available. Six entries, including one of the four remaining with two entries. They each are going for the bonus. The enemy within, Kelly, going for $2 million bonus still. Get it! He can go from six to eight if he wins it all. Congratulations to all. Adam Kramer on college football next.
0: A numbers game on VSEN, the sports betting
1: network. College bowl season is about to kick off, and VSEN has you covered with this year's college football bowl guide. This year's guide has picks on the spread and total of every bowl game from VSEN experts and Brent Musburger as well. Steve Mackinnon with power rankings for every team and breaks down the motivational factors that affect bowl games. Josh Applebaum will give insight into bowl betting strategy, and Adam Burke. It can help give you an advantage if you're part of bowl confidence pools. Anything with Adam Burke, you gotta get to it. Give yourself an edge. Visit VSAN.com slash subscribe to check out the college football bowl betting guide. That's V S I N slash subscribe. Check that out. By the way, uh Gilly Kelly here, the real just getting through the circus survivor breakdown. Those are the nine for those of you watching to Visa.com or the VCN app. Um, those are the nine folks we mentioned with Dallas, the 17 point favorites. What could possibly go wrong? Nothing. I lost on a 17-point home favorite right around this time two years ago oh when the Rams lost to the Jets. I mean,
2: Davis Mills is coming back with a vengeance. Yes,
1: he is. Factor that into your lines. Not at all. Uh, those are the six entries right there that both have the, that, that have all both the Rams and the Bengals available. Remember, if you don't use last year's Super Bowl cont- <laughs> Super Bowl teams, and again, the part is the the funny part about this is the Rams are terrible, so you should actually get the bonus for using yeah. them. Uh, Bull Hill, Fresh Prince, Howard Hamlin, two from The Enemy Within, and Trust Your Intuition. And again, there's only four people that we know of that still have the two entries, The Enemy Within being one of them. Uh, and then there's three others um, that have two entries as well. Can we show that real quick? <laughs> Enemy Within. Uh, as long as we just want to give them a shout out here. They have, they have remained this so El Loco, I'm the Man, in Santa Rosa Sam. Those are the group. Let's talk some college football. Adam Kramer joins us. He is Bleacher Reports' Adam Kramer and VEASAN's own Adam Kramer at the most wonderful time of the year. How you doing, Adam?
4: I'm excited, man. This is the most wonderful time of the year. It's also, I think, for college football or people trying to handicap college football, maybe one of the more challenging times to understand who is playing and what is going on in the sport right now. Yes. Truly, it is It is a wild time for college football.
1: Challenging, yet if you can, if you can harness it, the most profitable time of year too, right? There's that
4: yeah, for sure. And I'm going to write about this uh, this week at visa and just trying to navigate bowl season and, and even the playoffs. But when you look at, let's go back a couple of years to Christian McCaffrey and Leonard Fournette mm-hmm. deciding I'm done. Remember all the criticism, like these guys have character issues. They're not going to, they got drafted. It's worked out well for them. Um, but now this has become very, very normal and throw in the transfer portal where you've got six, 700 players here, entire teams. It's, it's very difficult to follow. So the, really what I'm going to write about for, for Sunday and Monday is what's the best way to track this and, and how to stay on top of it. Because it is, if you're not following these teams, individual teams closely, there's a lot of roster movement to account for.
1: Non-betting question about that. Net positive or net negative for the sport of college football? The whole transfer portal boom.
4: You know, I was talking to a friend of mine last night about this. I think you have to allow these kids the ability to transfer. I think the outcome of that is net negative. So I'm going to walk the tightrope a little bit here. I, don't, I think it's a good decision. I think giving the kids some power in a sport, of course, where this has been – power has been hard to come by when you look at the coaching movement and all the freedom that they've had, the salaries, et cetera. I think the outcome of this is very negative. I think roster following rosters is going to be really difficult. Forget about the the gamblers. Oh, the gamblers. No, if you're a fan of a program, right. And you're attaching yourself to a running back or receiver. That's got some promise. uh, Your your coach has to re-recruit his entire team every single year. And oh, by the way, there's a national signing day around the corner. So, so not just in terms of roster management, but all of it, I, you know, I get why we're doing this, but the outcome of it, I think, is going to be really confusing and probably difficult to follow for the average fan.
1: Yeah, and so be careful what you wish for because sometimes yep. uh, the the effects are or the the results are not what we anticipate necessarily. Okay, uh, Heisman. I have a Max Duggan ticket sitting at my place, hundred to one odds. Um, let me down easy, I guess, is what I'm saying. This is over, right? It's Caleb Williams's.
4: It it is over, and I, I can rant on the Heisman voting in a sec, but it is over. It's going to be Caleb Williams. I think it should be Caleb Williams. Uh, Max Duggan had a heck of a go. Would have liked to have seen what a win had done. And frankly, if Max Duggan had like an Alabama logo on his helmet, it would be a lot different. But it's TCU, and that's the problem. The the finalists being four quarterbacks and Stetson Bennett getting in there. It's it's really uninspiring. Um, if you watched college football this year and you can tell me that Bijan Robinson wasn't one of the four best players in college, like go ahead, try and try and convince me that Bijan Robinson shouldn't be in there in the top, so I've you and I have talked about this for years. Yeah. I, I am very frustrated with the process, whether it's defensive players or skill position players getting in. This year is like the 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 microcosm of all of that. Now, that being said, Caleb Williams was exceptional. The last game did not go as planned, but you look at the numbers, you look at the performance, what he meant for that program. Like, I'm good with this. So yeah. I'm sorry about your ticket. Oh yeah. Um you know, light a fire with it. Not yet, just in case <laughs> weird things have happened. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be Caleb Williams' award.
1: No, he deserves it. I mean, the the stats are the stats, and and his are superior to all. I, I'm just one follow-up question on that. Had TCU won, right? If they had had the wherewithal to you know actually sneak the football on third down or even on fourth down. And they had ended up winning that game. Would that have mattered in the end? Because the quirk in the Heisman voting is they sent out the ballots the week before, right? So even then, as he's having his quote-unquote Heisman drive, according to RG3, I'm like, yeah, but like there might be 40% of them already
4: in and they're all for Caleb. You make the point in this. Yes. And it's a very logical point that he should have been given a chance to win that award you have, what, over 1,000 people, eight, 900,000. I'm not one. I would be booted out so fast because I talk about the high school so openly. <laughs> for whatever reason, they don't like that. Yeah. Uh, they don't want to market their award. So that's it. You've got people that probably voted oh, like a week ago, right? And and it's infuriating. They need to lower the number of people voting for this. They need to tighten it up. They need to legitimize it because your, your point is the exact one, is that the process itself is completely flawed. Forget about, you know, brands and what it means and everything else, he should have been given a legitimate shot to win. I don't think he ever stood a chance.
1: I don't either in the end, you know, because, because of the timing of that. All right. So the two playoff games, I know you, you made clear on your column at visa.com and everybody should check out Adam's weekly columns of visa.com on college football. They're awesome. Uh, You're going to do this as the games approach, but let's just do the 2 Let's give a preliminary thought on the two playoff games, Michigan, uh, this was you know it was nine, then it got down even at one shop here at circa to seven, back up now to seven and a half, eight, wherever you're looking. I would imagine Michigan money comes in later. I don't know that to be a case. What is your thought on this game?
4: So so really this game, you you've got the narrative that I think the average fan is gonna say, well, Michigan is going to clobber TCU there, there. There are a lot of people out there that have just been waiting for TCU to lose. They lost, but they were very game. And I think Kansas state's a really good team. The problem that I have with making a case for TCU is that outside of wide receiver and tight end, and by the way, TCU's wide receivers and tight ends, they are massive. in yes, scale. They are. they are big. They are awesome players. It, it, It's hard to find many position advantages for the Horn frogs quarterback. Maybe one, and that's a big one, right? But JJ McCarthy has also played pretty well. Running back and Donovan Edwards, when you see what he has done for Michigan, maybe even more explosive than Blake Corum, who was a Heisman finalist. And, oh, by the way, if he was healthy, would have loved to have seen what he could have done in terms of, you know, factoring into the voting here. So I think for for what I look at this game, Max Duggan is great, you know, has played his tail off. But when you look at the size and just sheer athleticism across the roster, I think Michigan is going to be really, really tough. And I just worry about TCU wearing down. And Michigan did its bully ball mentality against Ohio State. You didn't see it until the second half. I wonder how TCU is going to counter that. But they have Max Duggan. They've got a first-round wide receiver. They've got some really good players. I, I just think initially, I think athlete-to-athlete-wise, this may be too like, sizable of a gap to overcome.
1: Georgia has remained pretty much a 6.5-point favorite. It was a 7 for a moment, but 6.5-point favorite against Ohio State. Where do you go with this?
4: Now, you know I'm biased. I picked Ohio State to win the national title before the yeah. season began, and I I will I want to say that as a disclaimer before I say I'm leaning toward the Buckeyes. I think we are going to look at one really bad half for Ohio State and assume that team is not that good. This is a Georgia team that obviously clobbered LSU. They also allowed 500 yards passing in that SEC Championship game. Now they were da- they were up big. LSU was down. They had to throw the ball quite a bit. That's a that's a maybe a misleading stat but I think there's opportunities here against a Georgia defense that I don't think is nearly as good as it was. No knock on them. They lost some really, really good players. So to me, again, you're going to battle the narrative in the TCU game. You're going to battle the narrative here. Ohio state is bad. They can't stand up against Georgia. And if Georgia, if Ohio state gives in like they did against Michigan mentally, and they did, they, they quit. Then you're going to have a problem, but they're going to get healthier at running back. They're going to get healthier all over the place. as a team that was really beat up. I think it's a huge factor here. I think Ohio state has a real shot to cover in this game. I think they have a real shot to win this game.
1: There you go. He's an Ohio state guy. Uh, Last thing we got, we got 30 seconds. Army Navy, always a low total. This one really super low. Your thoughts. How would you bet this this week?
4: I I talked myself into the over. It's going to be painful. The clock is going to be ticking the whole time. (laughs) Uh, I'm doing it, though. I'm doing it. I think Navy actually has some big play potential. And I like Navy a little bit. These two teams have been covering machines. Um, Both have been really good. It's actually a really fascinating game. But the big play here is going to be the over. I'm not proud of it. Uh, I'm, I'm like anxiously waiting what it's going to feel like as just the clock bleeds out, but I'm I'm in.
1: I may live that one the same way. I may live through that. By the way, just off for the record, I'm pro-Adam Kramer Heisman vote just because I want to see them take it away from you, Adam. That's what I'm rooting it for. It would be 10 minutes. That's it. <laughs> ten, 10 minutes is your uh, betting line on that. Thank you, Adam. Appreciate it. All right, thanks, guys. Adam Kramer at Kegs and Eggs, one of the iconic Twitter handles. We'll come back unscripted with the Crack Man on the other side. It's a numbers game at Visa, the sports betting network.
3: select goods. That's lees forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.
1: A numbers game on VSEN, the sports betting network. Numbers game proudly brought to you by BetMGM. Uh, by the way, football fans can turn a loss into a win with the king of sportsbooks. Just place a single first touchdown score prop bet on any Monday or Thursday night pro football game like tonight's. If your bet loses, you'll receive up to $25 back in free bets. This offer is available all season long. Wager confidently and take your game to the next level with BetMGM. Just log into your account or download the BetMGM app and sign up today. Then wager on any player to score the first touchdown at any Monday or Thursday pro football game. And if your bet misses, you'll get up to $25 back in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. New and existing customer offer all promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem, call 1 800 Gambler. Promotional offer, not available in Mississippi, Nevada, or New York City. Actually, the state of New York. Uh, we get tweets. Add me in the book. Everybody making the uh, same joke about the uh, Brittany Griner swap. Logic 3227 making it. Said, We traded a guy they called the Merchant of Death for someone who averaged 11 points a game. I feel we should have done better. That's worse than the Russell Wilson trade. Everybody making that joke, Kelly. Yeah, so, so you know who's not going to? I can't respond uh, to that. Yeah. Guy in cornfields, uh, looking more likely Baker is starting tonight. Well, I don't know if it's more likely, but he's a possibility. We'll see how uh, John Wolford's neck is. The question, has any quarterback who has been with his new team only a few days performed well? I can only remember Josh Freeman's debacle in 2013. Wow, good memory on the Josh yes. Freeman
2: debacle. I saw that tweet. I thought the same thing. That was the He was playing for the
1: Vikings. It was like a one-in-four Vikings against a winless Giants. In 2013, but there, this is actually, that's actually not a precedent for this because Josh Freeman at least was signed two weeks earlier than that game. This is literally <laughs> this three is days. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. This is, you give the guy the playbook on the flight into town. I don't know that we have a precedent. Someone on Twitter will tell me differently, but I can't think of one. Um, sports bet, Quoge says to me, he goes, uh, Gil, Jeffrey Benson is not the Charles Oakley of Twitter. He is the MJ of Twitter, or for you, the Barry Lamar Bonds of Twitter. <laughs> 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 Joe, but he's getting back to me. Jeffrey's gonna be like, what did you say about me? I said, You are the sweetest guy in the world. But on Twitter, you are a strong man. Uh, this is Wheels, the Weasley one. He goes, Oh, he says more crack survivor entry split talk. Let's go. People seem to really, that seemed to have resonated with people. We had Rod right outside the studio. Rod was uh, super nice from Michigan who came in and and, uh, greeted me this morning. in studio. he goes, that crack thing about splitting the entry, he goes, can you ask crack if they will have that negotiation on the air if that happens?
2: You know what? I don't think I I got a chance to say this on air. I, I didn't think his number was that far off. A lot of people didn't. Yeah, I really don't think it's that far off. A lot of people didn't think it was far off. I was kind of thinking. I just, I'm trying to remember what the exact figures were, but I was—I remember thinking at the time, like 15% is probably what I, what I would consider fair for crack, and that's just short of a million. Isaiah's doing the math for me. Nine hundred thousand. <laughs> Problem is, though, again, there's
1: tax implications because it's in Crack's name. Maybe there won't be. Maybe maybe there's a lawyer that could tell me that there that there won't be. That could work that out if he can prove that it's not just his entry. I don't know how that works.
2: Right, but that's that. What you're pushing for is even greater reason for why he should get more than one hundred
1: percent. If if that's an issue, then yes, then there has to be a different talk. But if that's not an issue, like I don't, I just think that the back and forth of it would be fascinating. Oh, of course, yeah. Because I have, and Crack will be here, and he could speak for himself on this. But I think it would be more what I would what I got from Crack between the lines. This is me just completely interpreting now. (laughs) that it might be a little more contentious yeah. than, than would feel comfortable. Yeah, I was picking up on that, too. Yeah. yeah, so we should probably just do it on air even before it happens. <laughs> like, just how would this go?
2: I mean, look, it is, and yeah, I don't I don't want but it.
1: For those of you, I should probably say, Crack has an entry. He has one of the remaining 70 entries. It's in his name, but he hasn't made a single one of the picks.
2: Right, he's proxying for
1: it. He's baseball, proxying right? for it, yeah. Correct.
2: So uh I mean look, I think it is different where I and I don't know the exact situation with the with you know the relationship, right? Yeah, but I don't the either. look, it'd be if I was doing that for someone, it'd be very different if it was a close friend of mine or somebody who's kind of a friend that I'm helping out with a favor. I don't
1: I just I find it all very odd. It's all very uncomfortable. Like again.
2: The, the other thing is there's a difference if you're doing it like, okay, if you know, if you're if you were out of town, right, and you need to help me get your picks in and you asked me to do it, sure, no problem. I'm doing mine anyways, right? But but if I don't know if I'm not doing it or something like that, it's a little bit extra extra work for me to do that. A I mean, million? I mean three minutes of putting take about a phone million punch. I, you, I yeah. guess
1: all I'm saying is this. Like even agents, like if contracts are, you know, $500,000, they take a percentage. If the contract is five bajillion, bajillion, million dollars, they don't take the same percentage. That's not how life works. Okay. as kind yeah, of, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? Okay, it's
2: a good point. It's a good
1: point. So I'm just saying, it's just a good. Way. I think it'd be a fascinating discussion. By the way, Crack's listening all the way, and he's like, don't say that out loud. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. That's going to be a good
2: discussion. Um, okay. Bets in pocket. First of all, NBA. Well, real, real quick, we got oh. news coming down. Yes. Falcons have decided to make a change at quarterback. Desmond Ritter will get the start for them next week. They are on a bye this week. Next week against the Saints, Marcus Mariota to the bench.
1: Well, now think about that, because Matt Brown was on with us the other day. Matt Brown co-hosted the Final Countdown with Dory Bonatoni, Monday through Friday, 4 p.m. Eastern, here on the network, on Visa. Um,
2: Off the next couple of days, working on his UFC award show. Check that out. Him we'll and
1: Farrah trying. doing their UFC thing. Yep. Dave Farrah, Matt Brown, side hustle. Um, maybe this is a side hustle. I don't know. One of them's a side hustle.
2: <laughs> yeah, one of them is.
1: <laughs> um, when he's not screaming at Kelly on this show, he made a great point <laughs> that at some point, the Falcons are going to go to Desmond Ritter. And now think about the thin line between going for it and capitulating. That Tom Brady two-drive turnaround Monday night against the Saints, the result of that for the Falcons is Desmond Ritter's playing this week. Because that's the difference between the Falcons being a half game out of a playoff berth, and being a game and a half with again just a small runway to work with.
2: I didn't really think about it that way. That is so true. It's so
1: that's exactly what happened. So Desmond, we've seen enough of you, Marcus Mariota. Now that we're kind of maybe we'll just play for a draft pick at this point. Let's see what the kid has.
2: Yeah, Uh, and it's what they should do.
1: Now will that move that line? We talked about this with Jimmy G to Brock Purdy. We talked about it with Lamar Jackson to Tyler Huntley. What's the Marcus Mariota to Desmond Ritter I've never taken a snap change? Because if you're telling me it's only three points between Jimmy G and Purdy, I get it. The Falcons aren't as stacked elsewhere, so maybe it's more.
2: I'm not going to tell you what the number is because obviously you got to do this, but its uh, it's been a half-point change on the look ahead.
1: Half-point? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
2: I mean, it's a look ahead. Right? I would, it's a
1: look ahead. So, it was, I don't know how but many I, people are rushing to bet. That. I would love to be the guy who walks up to Marcus Mariota and says to him, "I go, Marcus. I know you don't really follow betting lines, but let me let me try to explain something to you. You sitting here and uh, going to this kid who's never taken a snap, not really impactful. How do <laughs> you feel about nothing that? in yeah. better size. That's a better question than the one Steve Kerr got last night from that reporter who said after the uh, Warriors gacked that game last night oh, to boy. the Jazz in the final seconds, who said. Well, what happened out there, Steve? What happened out there, Coach? Like they get paid to ask these. What happened out there, Steve Kerr? I thought for a moment was going to leap over the desk. He was like, "Well, you saw what happened out there." And then he sort of calmed down. He was, and then he, and then he answered it very appropriately. But like for a moment there, he got really triggered by it. Do you ever
2: notice the the coaches that get like it, it or coaches or players that if you read the quotes it sounds like a way better or worse soundbite. Just <laughs> if you read the quotes from Kerr last night, it doesn't sound like a big of a deal where, you, where you're like, oh. He, he mentioned how it was, uh, it's something that happens like a, f- one, a few times a season and oh, it's just he, brutal. He, and he, totally it. <laughs> he totally caught
1: himself. He totally caught himself because he's Steve Kerr and he caught and because he always catches himself. But he got really upset. Anyway, for those who missed it, Jazz were down four. Late stages, they hit a three. What was there, seven seconds left, I guess? I thought
2: it was 11, but Ooh. I could
1: be wrong. So the, the Warriors inbound, and Jordan Poole gets pickpocketed. Or basically gets the ball knocked out, whatever it was. He
2: did the hole. It was a great steal. Yeah, Jordan Poole kind of went instant cocoon mode, like I'm going to get fouled. Mm-hmm. And right as he was doing that, it got ripped away. Jazz Easy goes, layup,
1: they lose. Jazz win by a point, 124 to 123. Warriors can't do anything with the final second and change when they got the ball. Jazz don't cover but win. What a brutal now was the Warriors without Steph, without Draymond last night. Did yep. Clay play? Clay played. Yep. Clay played. Clay played. Say that five times. <laughs> Clay, we'll Clay played. Clay played.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Clay played. <laughs> That's not an easy one. <laughs> um, you, you and Drew got really fortunate last night with the oh, win. Man, what one of the all timers? If you were on the Pacers plus four and a half last night, plus five, plus five and a half, whatever it would have been. God bless you. That's gonna that's gonna be one of the worst beats you're gonna have of the season. On the flip side, and you always got to keep this stuff in mind, right, Gil? We always we're gonna complain about the bad beats. Remember the lucky wins. You got And If you were on the Timberwolves like Drew Dinzik and I were, were last night, laying four and a half, uh, be happy. You had Anthony Edwards drill two free throws to put them up five, uh, up four points. Pacers take a timeout. Uh, they turn the ball over with. What is it about? It was about six seconds left on the clock. Gil Rudy Gobert takes it like <laughs> half the length of the court, dunks it home For with no three reason. seconds left on the clock to put him up. Six. Pacers had just stopped playing. Yep. Oh,
1: man. Y'all bet that stuff every night. Preflop NBA. It's wild. Well, we were supposed to give you our football picks. Why don't we do that on the other side and crack unscripted. It's a numbers game at Visa, the sports betting network.